Welcome back to the Bleach and Bothered podcast. My name is Layla Halbert, and I am your hostess with the mostest. And I am Mama Halbert, the second mostest. <laughs> uh, if this is your first time listening, welcome. If it is not your first time, welcome back. Thanks for joining us. Um, we are about to recap week two of Katie Thurston's season of The Bachelorette. Um, just the usual housekeeping things, follow the Instagrams, leave a review on Apple podcasts, subscribe, share it with your friends, all the things if you haven't already. And yeah, I think we're both pretty tired. Uh, it has been a long week and it's only Wednesday. So, well, when you're hearing this, it's probably not Wednesday anymore, but right now it's Wednesday. So we're just going to jump right into it and try to keep this thing short and just hit all the main points. Um, so yeah, um, I don't really remember how the episode started, to be honest, because uh, when I started taking notes was, I think, right when they were getting the like date card for the group date. And all I wrote down is, Carl is too much, please stop. <laughs> and that I felt that way. Is motivational speaker? Yeah, motivational speaker in quotations. Motivates people to want to fucking leave the room and get a refund. <laughs> I, uh. what I really want to know is how, how do people, like, what, what are they, how is he, how is he making a he living doing that? Like, and what is he motivating people to do? He's like a balloon real. full of hot air. He says a lot of words that mean absolutely nothing. He's full of hot air and a lot of teeth. You think those are real teeth or are they veneers? Uh, I don't know. Good question. I feel like they have to be veneers. They're like all like perfect, perfect rectangles. Every single tooth is a perfect rectangle. Huh. I didn't notice that. Anyway, um, we get a little in the moment interview of Justin, who is the artist, saying something to the effect of Carl needs a Xanax or a muzzle or something ASAP and I don't disagree he definitely needs to shut the fuck up and go home as soon as possible he is a lot yeah he is so we find out that there's going to be two group dates this week a one-on-one date um and so the date card comes all the guys are sitting in the resort and um they read off all the names for the group date and we see the guys walking into some building somewhere. And I, I, there was a lot of guys on this date. I don't remember the names of all of them. But they walk into this room. And it's just this dimly lit room with, um, like, it's supposed to, it looks like it's supposed to be set up to be this, like, sexy something. There's a bed and there's Katie's infamous vibrator sitting there and of course they have mike the virgin on this date which <laughs> this is my bothered thing virgins just need to stop going on this show like they have a token virgin almost every single season and i'm so fucking over it it's like it's the same it's the same stupid trope and line and drama and whatever. It's like, you know what show you're going on. The show is not for virgins. Like, just please make it stop. You know what I mean? Yes. And then, of course, the producers completely feed <laughs> off of that and stick this guy in a date that is about sex, basically. Like, they're, they're I mean... He's being completely set up and he knows it as well at this point. And he was sweating bullets. Oh, yeah. The whole time. You could just see it in his eyes. Everybody he was just was shitting his pants. Him, yeah. um, the thing the thing about um, the thing about Mike for me is like, I don't think he's a bad guy. I don't think that him and I probably have anything in common, but I don't think he's a bad person, but I definitely don't think he should be on this show. And it's really 
uncomfortable to watch we'll kind of get more into it you need to have like you know how they have christian mingo or whatever those yeah put him on a, for those uh, put him on a show like that or yeah he need, they need to have a bachelor and bachelorette for that where everybody's a virgin i mean or they or they don't we need we don't need to see that there's enough there's enough weird shit like that already on tlc if you want that you can go there for That's that true um (laughs) so the whole the whole premise of this date is is to prove to katie who the best lover is and so they bring this female comedian heather mcdonald i think is her name i've never heard of her before um but they start off the group date with some sex trivia and um most of these guys are fucking clueless which i thought was hilarious and they keep panning over to Mike's face every time there's a question and they're at the, you know, they're getting into these what's questions. Your yeah. What's your favorite sex position? And he's just writing question marks. I'm like, bro, just make something up. Like, yeah, just imagine what would your favorite position be? I guess but he would probably wouldn't know what to, I mean, just because you're a virgin, you don't have to be ignorant. Either. He's 31. He knows what pr- yeah. I'm, you can't tell me that this man has not watched porn before or like, talk to his guy friends about sex just because he's not having sex doesn't mean he ha- doesn't know I anything think he about should it have waited for the gay bachelor because he's probably gonna be on it i mean i don't know about that but he definitely shouldn't be on the bachelorette with katie katie but anyway um I definitely think that the producers went a little hard in the paint torturing Mike on this date. And he, um, they show him in an interview and he's like fully crying because he's like, you know, he hasn't told Katie that he's a virgin and, and he feels like it's, um, kind of being forced out of him. And he wants, he wants her to hear it from him first before anybody else. So, um, they're basically putting him in a position indirect, well, sort of indirectly, but also directly where he's being forced to come out with it and tell her in front of everyone, which I thought was kind of unfair, actually. Honestly, I thought that he handled it pretty good because the whole time I was watching, I was nervous for him. And after watching what all the other guys did, I thought, what in the world is this man going to do or say? And how is he going to get out of this pickle? Well, we'll get we'll get to that part of it. But I just wanted to highlight that um, Connor B, who was the one who showed up in the cat suit the first night, is the one who goes first to do his little performance. And he is a musician and he's a teacher and, you know, he ha- he's quirky and goofy and whatever. He does this little song. And I thought he crushed it. It was funny. I did too. It was playful. It It wasn't. It was like, I might have been like a little bashful if I was in person hearing it, but it wasn't, it wasn't like so cringe that I couldn't watch it. Like I thought it was, I thought it was great. He like, he understood the assignment and he took it just seriously enough, but still like had fun with it. And it kind of, it honestly, it it was a great way to like warm up the room and kind of get the rest of them, I think, ready to do whatever it was that their little performances were. Um, and honestly, other than that, I didn't really think anything any of them did was like that impressive oh, and or then cool. came the motivational speaker that went on. Okay, but before that, you know what I want to know is, do you really think... That all of these guys came up with all these little things, all these little skits and performances completely on their own? Or do you think the producers were helping them like, hey, maybe you should try this or do this? Well, if they did come up with it on their own, I'm going to say that most of them are very creative because I couldn't have pulled it off. Yeah, I was like, this this seems like too too good almost I wonder, I wonder if when they're getting ready for the show they tell them okay prepare for this because you might be on a date where you might have to do this so Maybe. they have time to plan because some of the stuff like for them to come up on the spot with it it's pretty good 
But I, yeah. but also if they watch the show, they know that this is something they might have to do. Yeah, true. Um, yeah. So then Carl has his turn, and everyone's because already rolling their the eyes. The guy, the virgin guy, he certainly didn't seem like he was prepared for it at all. But yeah. he pulled it off somehow. So yeah. So Carl gets up there and. Um, I heard from a couple other podcasts I listened to that he and he was up there for for eighteen and a half minutes. The the motivational speaker guy. Yeah. Well, didn't you see that at one point they start clapping? Okay, yeah. Yeah, they just were trying to clap, clap him off the stage. Clapping him off the stage. Yeah, I was just like, bro. And then like apparently everyone else's was like a minute and a half. I'm like, who let this guy stand up there for twenty minutes, basically? And, and how, it was so weird, too. It was like... how is it still there after that? Him grabbing the cardboard cutout of Katie and rubbing a banana all over it. I'm like, is this supposed to be sexy? Because I'm scared. Yeah, it was... It was way over there. Oh, uh, I just... I literally, every time he opens his mouth, I'm like, please... Somebody stick a banana in that mouth. Shut the fuck up. And it just got worse <laughs> as the episode went on. We'll get there. But... um. So after Carl, I pretty I'm pretty sure is when Mike goes and he goes up there and sits. He brings Katie onto the stage and sits her down on the bed and is just talking to her and telling her basically, you know, telling her that he's a virgin and whatever. And he's crying. Katie starts crying. I'm like, what? And I'm just sitting here like triggered from my like religious days and like thinking of all the purity culture bs that well, i took you know part what? in you know what i think it touched her heart is that tell us what you think <laughs> please is that all the other guys were making it about a physical thing and she i think she took took what he was saying is okay intimacy is not just a physical sex thing it's a lot more than that like I will care for you, I'll be there for you, you can I'll be loyal to you. And maybe that kind of touched her because all the other guys were hitting on I'm gonna rub my banana on you <laughs> and he made it a more about of an emotional connection. Yeah. I, I understand that, but yeah. just I don't know, the language he was using and like some of the phrases he was saying, like was just like so typical like Christianese like lingo and I'm just like Ugh. Yeah, but she's probably not she loved familiar it. with it. Too, she loved so. it. So I if, mean I guess that's all that matters. If but you haven't been exposed to that, you reacted to it differently. Yeah, fair enough. That yeah. that's what I'm saying. Like it's probably just my own whatever that I had that reaction, but I don't know. I just he's she's not gonna end up with him. And my theory, like I said in the beginning, I don't think Mike is a bad guy, but my theory <laughs> is that he <laughs> came on the show so that, I mean, he's a 31-year-old virgin, and my theory is that he came on the show to possibly fall in love with someone, but also, if that didn't happen, then all the other nice Christian virgin girls are seeing him on TV and will be sliding into the DMs so he can find himself a virgin bride if it doesn't work out with Katie. Good luck with that. That's my theory. Um, I could be way off, but I don't know. Anything's possible. Um, well, maybe he started like, I'm going to be a virgin to save myself. And then now he's at the point like, geez, I can't find anybody that even wants to be with me. So I guess I'm just going to have to go on the show. Maybe. Like, maybe it was cute when he was, like, 18, but now he's 31 and it's not <laughs> cute anymore. Not. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Personally, I would... I don't think I've actually ever had sex with a virgin before, and I don't think I ever want to. But, you know, I'm sure there's people out there who are into that whole thing. So, you know, good for them. Uh, it's not for me. But... Anyway, Mike ends up winning the group date, which shocked me because I don't I don't feel like she's that into him. Yeah, but maybe she just did it to make him. She she threw him a bone. Whatever, good know. for him. Um. So, was there a night portion of the group date? Oh oh wait oh sorry 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 I got confused in my notes. Um, cause I wrote down 
I wrote down a note about um, like I think Connor B might end up being either in the top two or at least like at the very end. Greg probably will too, and we'll get into Greg later. I, I'm I'm I was like literally screaming at the TV. Um, oh my god, Mama Halbert is just dropping shit all over the place over here. Um, but I just wrote down. I'm like, this is gonna be a classic Hannah B situation where they get to the end, and whether it's Connor or somebody else, it's gonna be it's gonna be someone in Greg. I'm sure. I'm calling it right now. And she's going to end up picking Greg and she's going to realize that he is actually a fucking snake and regret it and wish that she would have ended up with her runner up and she screwed the pooch. That's that's my prediction. Um, But anyway, we're only on the second episode. So let's I know. But I've been watching. We've been watching the show for a decade or more. So you start to notice patterns. okay? but you, you never know. Katie has actually been already kind of throwing me for a loop a little bit as far as just how Dang. she's how she's uh, working it, working the whole Handling. situation. Um, and also the guys that she's into, I, I really was not expecting. I feel like a lot of times in the show, like people go for like the conventionally like hunky, you know, you know decent personality but like not really a whole lot going on upstairs if you know what I mean like people who have relied on their appearance more than anything else especially when it's a bachelor with a bunch of ladies um but it seems like Katie like genuinely is just as much if not more interested in what is going on inside someone's head and and what they're about and who they are rather than just a physical appearance, which um, is really translating, I think, to us, the audience, or at least for me. Yeah. More so than some some past seasons. Um, also, I kind of felt just, that I kind of felt that way with Tasha too. Is actually, is it just me or does this group of bachelors? They like usually there's a couple of guys that really stick as st- stand out. Like, holy cow, that guy is so good looking. Yeah, that's what but I'm saying. Like the guys are kind of they're kind of average, which average. I think is kind of cool. Like yeah. it's nice to just see like people who are just normal and not so far out of everyone's league that it just doesn't this seem real. Yeah. Um. But yeah, anyway, so um, the night portion of the group date, uh, Katie is talking with Connor and he tells her he wants to redeem himself from their first kiss. And it basically looked exactly she was like, well, I, I thought the first kiss was good, but yeah, I guess we can try again. And this the next one was just as awkward if not more awkward than the first time the only difference is that they're not dressed up as cats anymore and i saw this meme where someone was like um something about connor b saying he's good with his fingers and then there's a shot a still of them making out and his hands are like this in her hair he's just like it's so awkward they're just eating each other's faces and i think she actually ended up pulling away and was like, okay, like, we're good. That's good. Yeah. I was just like, oh, no. I think she was thinking, I must have had one too many drinks the first night. I didn't notice. <sighs> Poor Connor B. He seems like such a nice guy, but I don't know. It's only it's only episode two, but I think he'll make it pretty far, but I don't know. He might, he might be a little bit too sweet for her. I don't know. We'll see. Um. We take a break from the group date and go back to the house where the rest of the guys are at. Um, They're being delivered another date card. Surprise, surprise. Greg gets the first one-on-one date. And um, someone, one of the other guys, I I don't know who. There's still too many to remember all their names. But someone, after he gets the date card, says, time is money and the rich just got richer. And I was like, oh, shit. I'm like, you know what's going on and you know how this game works mm-hmm. because that's 100% true because he got the first impression rose on night one and now he's getting the first one-on-one date. So Katie's making it very obvious to all of us that she is very into this man. Yep. And she she's is the only she's one. <laughs> blind, she's blinded by the uh, emotional 
unavailability that he is displaying because she's really good at seeing red flags in men she's not sexually attracted to, but not so much in the ones she is, which is very clear to me. I mean, aren't we all? But um, anyway, we go back to the group date and um, Thomas was kind of a little bit of a surprise to me when they were having their little conversation. Um, there seemed to be a lot of chemistry between him and Katie, which I felt kind of came out of nowhere, but I was like, all right, Thomas, get it. Is Thomas the one that had a problem with that other guy? Uh, no, that's no. Aaron. That's oh, That was Aaron. on the other group date. Um, so Thomas actually ends up getting the group date rose. So that means he automatically is going to be going through to week three. Um, and that's pretty much it for the first group date. Do you have anything else you want to say about that? How many weeks is this season? Uh, I feel like they're usually around 11 or 12 weeks, just depending. So we're almost one third of the way already. No, one third would be like Four. four. Yeah, we're going into so the third we're in, one. So we're an eighth of the way through. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> um, <clears throat> or wait, an eighth? A sixth? I don't know. Math is hard. Um, That's okay. I won't know the difference. Okay. You're good at math. True. <laughs> but not at this time. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, so that was the first group date. Nothing super crazy. At least not that I can remember other than Carl being a fucking idiot. But whatever. Um, so Greg is getting ready for his one-on-one date. Katie pulls up in this red pickup truck. All the guys are standing outside watching Greg go off with Katie. And then freaking James, who was in the box the first night, <laughs> almost falls to his death, breaks a freaking patio furniture. I thought that was really funny. Um, I was seeing a lot of funny memes about that, too. Someone was like, the ghost of Chris Harrison is coming for the men. (laughs) Uh, Don't miss him at all, by the way. Do you think that Chris Harrison is watching? I don't know. I feel like... Probably not. You don't think so? I don't know. Maybe he is. I feel like him and Lauren Zima probably are like hate watching it. Like watching it just to like hate on it, like oh, it's Wait, so much. Laura Zimmer. Lauren Zima, his girlfriend. Oh, um, she's also um, like a I don't know, like a what's her title? She works for I think E News or some some new like pop culture news outlet yeah, media whatever. whatever. Anyway, um, so. Greg and Katie are basically wearing the same exact outfit, which I thought was like weird, but whatever. And they get in this truck and she's asking him, oh, like, do you like the outdoors? And do you like fishing and all this stuff? And he's like, oh, yeah, I love the outdoors. And da da da. I'm like, this man has not done anything outside other than sit on a fucking patio and drink girly cocktails. Um, it's like, yeah, sure. I love whatever you love. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. This whole date made me so mad because number one, I already have a preconceived notion of who this man is because he's a Gemini and Gemini men can suck my left toe. They're the worst. Um, and his behaviors are just so ugh, just from the beginning. Like he's just. The shy guy, aw shucks, like, I'm so sweet. It's it's an act, and I'm so annoyed at how many people are obsessed with him. Like, people on the internet are going goo-goo gaga for Greg. I'm like, you guys are all idiots for falling for his shit. Just wait. You're going to see. And you're going to be like, oh, damn, Layla was right. Yeah, listen to me more often. So they go on this date, and she's like, she's going to take him fishing. They're going to set up a tent, which I didn't really understand why they were setting up a tent, because it's not like they're going to sleep in it. But he j- She wanted to see his outdoors men's skills. Yeah, well, he doesn't have any. Surprise, yeah, surprise. He even, I mean, he couldn't even set up a tent. He's like, where's the instructions? What, you want a YouTube, how to put the stick through the little hole in the tent? Not a good sign. <laughs> it was the easiest tent that exists. To the Literally. So we see Katie in a producer interview saying that this is a really important date to her because 
It reminds her of her dad who passed away in 2012. And I'm just so annoyed that she picked Greg for such a meaningful date because he's fucking emotionally stunted. And you can tell Um, he also is not into her at all. I'm sorry. But if you think that he's into her, you're wrong. He's definitely not at all. Um, and so we see him awkwardly trying to set up a tent. Um, surprise, surprise. He knows nothing about it. I'm like, this man probably doesn't even know how to fish either, which he kind of did. All right. But I was just like, please catch him in a lie. (laughs) She doesn't care though. I mean, he could tell her the sky is green and she probably would be like, okay. Um, so, They're on their date and she's, you know, kind of telling him about how, you know, her dad used to take her fishing all the time and they love the outdoors and blah, blah, blah. And she starts telling Greg about how her dad passed away and she's getting really emotional. And Greg is literally sitting there, no emotion on his face, no expression whatsoever, doesn't like put his arm around her, doesn't like doesn't show any sign of like, uh, let me console you because you're visibly upset and emotional when you're talking about this thing that you've been through. Instead, he just like awkwardly just stares at her. And then he's like, so how do you think this shaped you as a person or made you, you know, changed your whatever? I was just like, what the fuck is this sociopathic bullshit I'm witnessing right now? Like, did, yeah, it was weird. You don't know, you know what I mean? Like if I was telling someone that and they were like, "How do you think that shaped you?" I would, I would be like, "Are you okay?" Like I'm cr- literally crying. Like can you just give me a hug maybe? Or like, you know what I mean? It was yeah. just so bizarre. And um and then to make it even worse, Greg says to her, this was literally so triggering for me to watch. I'm like, I just know this man is emotionally abusive to all his ex-girlfriends. Let's call them and find out. Um, And then he, without like her saying like, oh, I'm really sorry. Like, I didn't mean to get emotional or, you know, she doesn't say any of that. He goes, you know, I don't, I just, I don't want you to feel like you're a burden. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, he's definitely. I was like, why would you, I was like, why would you say that? Unless she, unless she was the one that was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, I feel like I'm putting this burden on you. And then it would be at that point, it would be like, make sense for him to be like, no, no, no. Like, don't even worry about that. Like before she even said that, he's like, oh, I I don't want you to think you're being a burden. She was like, and it's like, she didn't say anything about that. So why would you, I, I hated it. I hated it so much. Um, and she was, I mean, she was just eating out of the palm of his hand no surprise. Um, so we get a break from their date and back to the house again where the rest of the guys are um, for another date card. And so um, it's the second they are getting the, the date card for the second group date. And the only person who isn't getting a date this week is Daddy-O himself. Which is strange because it's, maybe she's intimidated by him because he's the... You got to get closer yeah. to the mic, ma'am. There you go. Um, um, yeah. If you didn't listen last week, Daddy-O is uh, Michael who has a three-year-old or a four-year-old or something. Um, so he's like starting to freak out a little bit. He's like, oh shit, I don't have a date at all this week. Like, what does this mean? Um, we'll find out later. But yeah, so then we go back to Katie and Greg's date um, and she is bringing up her dad again and getting really emotional. And then at that point, Greg tells her like, oh, well, you know, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was like, oh, I understand because I actually lost my dad to cancer and this and that. And I'm just thinking like, okay. First of all, it's very sad that he, that his dad passed away and I'm not shitting on that. But don't you think if someone is earlier in the day getting emotional and telling you about this thing that they've gone through or whatever that you'd be like, oh my gosh, 
I, I, you know, I totally understand what you're going through. I also it's almost lost like my when dad. he went to get ready for the day. He goes, oh yeah, I remember now. I should have shared that with her. That would have been perfect. Yeah, just so. So let like, me share to her <laughs> with her at dinner calculated. time. Calculated, yeah, so calculated and like waiting. Also, he looked like he was crying, but I didn't see any tears. Classic. Um, my ex used to do that all the time. Anyway, um, not saying which yeah, one, put but hand on the face, <sighs> act like they're crying. I, know. But they're I was not. just like, <laughs> and she like she was literally eating it up, and so was freaking everyone else in America. I'm like, you guys, please. I know. I'm like, this is literally all he's doing is looking for an excuse to trauma bond with her so that she'll trust him and get more vulnerable and be attached, so then he can fucking ruin her life. Speaking from personal experience. Um, okay, your life is not ruined, so let's not give them listen, too, cre- too the much credit. Listen, the dramatics are, are better to listen to. Okay. No one wants me to sit here and be like, oh, yeah, no, it was fine. I'm, I'm fine. I'm not fine. Um, uh, yeah, I hate Greg, and I am so upset that everyone is so obsessed with him and doesn't see through his bullshit. Not everyone. I've talked to a few people who are on the same page with me, but the majority is not, and I... It makes me crazy. Um, so then they, you know, of course, get the fireworks in the truck and they're having their moment and all the guys at the resort can see the fireworks, too. And they're like, oh, shit. Um, and then the date's over. Fast forward the next day. <laughs> Tasha and Caitlin are dressed up in these ridiculous denim cowgirl, very crazy outfits and they're going into the rooms where all the guys are even the ones that aren't going on the group date and like banging on pots and pans like wake up everybody and all the guys are like half asleep they're like what the fuck is going on I thought that was actually really funny I was cracking up um and then we see Katie walking up to the group date with Tasha and Caitlin and I'm like this poor freaking girl like I love Tasha and Caitlin as hosts, especially over Chris Harrison, but poor Katie looks like a freaking scrub next to them. It's not fair. Like they're completely outshining her in this whole like situation. You can tell that every time they're in the room, the guys are fully checking them out. Yeah. That's all you have to say. Pretty much. Okay. So I was gonna say that at some parts, Tasia and Caitlin are not really doing their job, because I seen a couple of times when she's out on the side crying, like, you know how they do, and usually Chris Harris would come and comfort them. Hey, are you okay? What are you thinking? Uh, she has had moments alone like that, and nobody has come to check on her. And I feel like that's Caitlyn. Yeah, but Tasia's I also job. feel like even when Chris Harrison would do that kind of shit, it wasn't genuine. Yeah, but still, somebody was checking up on somebody. I guess. I don't know. I still don't miss the guy. Haven't even I'm really noticed. I'm not saying I miss him. I'm just saying that Caitlyn Tasia should be well, doing it's that Well, it's their first time, yeah. you know, doing it. So. True. Um, but anyway, so of course the guys walk up and I'm just like, oh, Brokeback Mountain looks different here. <laughs> They're walking up shirtless in there. That was a joke. You're supposed to laugh at my joke. I know that was my joke, but you stole it. Um, you didn't say Brokeback Mountain looks different here. I made that up. But I brought up the Brokeback Mountain. Okay. Not everyone who's ever seen that movie was thinking that. Okay. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> the attitude. <laughs> The fucking attitude. <gasps> anyway, they walk up and apparently they're going to be mud wrestling, which instantly makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm like, why do they this forced like violence that happens every season? It's just like, especially with guys, because they take it hoping, way too seriously. I kept hoping that two of the guys would just like start making out in the mud and then start laughing about it. That would have been I what a missed opportunity. Yeah, that was a missed opportunity. <laughs> Like, act like they're going to find, 
Oh, no, man, I love you. And just like, start just start. Out. Oh, my God. I feel like she Katie would have loved lo- it. She yeah. would have loved it. Totally. Or like they could have even done like a fake out, you know, like where they like put yeah. their hand around their mouth and like yeah, turn yeah, yeah. them over to the side and just pretend like they're making out, you know. I feel like that would have like, yeah. They could have had so much fun with Total that. missed opportunity. But of course, they're all a bunch of fucking meatheads and they're like. Let's wrestle, and I'm gonna beat you. And, and I mean, a couple of them were were not like that, but a also, lot of them were. What was the prize of that? It was Katie's big buckle fucking bonanza oh, or some shit. They didn't even shit. get a, a long time with her, basically. No, they got a belt buckle. Oh, what a joke! <laughs> That's what I mean. Missed opportunity. Totally. Uh, I mean, that definitely. I mean, it had it would have gotten screen time. I'm sure. Yeah. And she would have loved it. Yeah. So the guys are going at it, whatever. It's pretty uneventful until we get to Aaron and Cody, who, if if you recall from night one, had some mystery beef that not not literally mystery beef like meat, but like <laughs> some like mystery drama that like they kind of showed us, but we didn't really know what the fuck was going on. And then they just kind of like glazed over it and we just didn't know what was happening. So, of course, um, they are paired together to wrestle each other. And I just have to mention that Aaron looks like, if you remember the show John and Kate Plus 8, Aaron fully looks like one of the one of their kids, but, like, all grown up. I'm like, pack it up, Colin Gosling. Like, you're not fooling any of us. Go find your mom and dad. <laughs> um... So also, I would just like to say that everybody was like Tasia and Kate were like, "Oh, did you see how they didn't look at each other? There's something going on between it, them." I was like, it was, "I didn't. Nobody else noticed that." No, totally. Please. Yeah, the whole time they were wrestling, they were like, "Wait, something's going on here." Like, yeah, right. For sure, the producers told Tasha and Caitlin to like point it out, and they then they were trying then, to figure out how to slide it in. Yes, organically. That's what she said. Yeah, organically. Trying and to slide it, it in organically. Yeah. Into the, you know. I know. That was another joke. You're a tough crowd. I'm sorry. I'm really tired. I hope someone is laughing in their car as we're talking right now. That will make me feel better. Please let me know if it's you. I'm um, not laughing yet because this isn't air until Friday, so. Well, yeah, but they're listening. We're. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Someone please help me. SOS. SOS. Oh my God. So Aaron ends up winning the group date, supposedly, which we obviously know that the only reason he wins is so he can have five minutes of one on one time with Katie so she can confront him about this tension that she supposedly noticed between him and Cody, which obviously was set up. Yeah, I mean, I definitely didn't notice anything until they brought up. Yeah. So Aaron is basically telling her that Cody is not there for the right reasons. And she's like, well, can you, like, give me an example of, like, why? And he just, like, doesn't really say. It It was so weird. I was like. It was very vague. Yeah. I was like, why even bring it up if you don't have, like, a concrete reason or, like, example? Well, he said something about what he had said in the. On social media. Something about being disrespectful and... He's here for followers. Malicious and and whatever. And she's like, what? So they go to the night portion of the group, the second group date. And Katie, you know, gives her a little spiel. And then she immediately asks Cody. She she initiates and says, hey, let's go talk. And... um, But on a side note, have you noticed that... On all the seasons I ever watch of Bachelor or Bachelorette, when they're having one-on-one with somebody, there's always people interrupting and coming to get them. Yeah. And I noticed that it wasn't like that with Claire and with Katie, too. Well, I think because... She has to go and get the guys. She's also... She also just has very, like, confident and assertive energy. And so I feel like the guys aren't really having to work as hard because she's kind of beating them to it. And I think she probably likes having a little bit of that control. You know what I mean? Yeah. But 
And I get the feeling as well that a lot of these guys have never watched the show. And if they have, they don't know mm-hmm. how it works that well. Yeah, I don't know about that. I, don't, I, don't, it's, I think that's very naive. This guy's no, been trying I, a few to get of on them, the show for months or years. A few of them definitely have. But like, I don't know. I just feel like she's 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 not really leaving much of an opportunity for them to do that because she's you know she's direct and she is taking initiative which i think is cool i mean get it girl um she just she's not wasting any time well except for with greg she's definitely wasting her time there but um she's basically asking cody like you know saying this is what aaron told me like what's going on and he basically just sits there like, oh, mm, uh, I don't know, like, mm, whatever. And I don't re- remember exactly what he said. Not much. It but was very strange. I didn't even try to defend him. Almost like he had an ego, like, I'm not going to bring myself to that level. I refuse to even address it. Because it was strange. Like, if somebody was... It was almost like there, there, there was something, but... He like didn't know he what. He didn't care to explain. Well, he didn't. He didn't know exactly what Aaron told her. So he's like, "Well, I'm not going to out myself if I don't even know what he said True. about me." But like, if it was me in that situation, but he definitely seemed guilty. If it was me in that situation and I wasn't guilty, I would have told her, "Hey, can you bring him over here and can we ask him exactly what he was talking about?" Because yeah, I'm that's gonna know. that's definitely what. But she probably should have done. I think he knew exactly what he was talking about. But also, I don't think Katie is that interested in him. And so it gave her a reason to send him home and get someone home easily. Like, later, dude. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the details are, but it's not really worth figuring out. So pack your bags. Yeah. So she sends Cody home. Adios. He has, like, basically no reaction to it. He's just like, all right, see ya. Fair enough. Fair enough. Later. Um, so Cody's gone. Well, actually, before he leaves, he pulls Aaron aside to talk. Whatever. Not really that important. But anyway, he gets sent home. Um, and Katie is actually, like, kind of upset at this point, And she walks away to, like, take a moment um, and tells the guys, like, listen, I just need to, like, take a minute. Like, you know, this is really stressful. Whatever. And after a couple minutes, um, like that situation, nobody came to check in on her. Well, Andrew S. I'm did about Keisha and Caitlin. Yeah, but they that that wouldn't have been a situation where even Chris Harrison would have stepped in at that point, unless she was like walking off and being like, "I'm out of here." Then he would have. But she just was saying, "Hey, I just need to take a minute." Yeah. S- stop playing with your cup. You keep dropping it all over the place. You're distracting me. Um, so she walks away. And Andrew S. comes to check on her, which is more often than not a good a good idea, a good move. Like someone has to do it. And um, it was really great that he like came in to check on was like, hey, like, is it OK if I come check on you or whatever? I can't remember exactly what he said, but she was like, yeah, of course. And um, I like that he didn't like force himself on her and was just like, hey, just want to make sure. OK, like, is it OK if I check on you whatever so they get to talking and she seems like she's kind of getting feeling better and they're having a really great conversation and they're they're kind of um, bonding and relating over like growing up um in families that were just not super wealthy um and that coming from families who were living in poverty in one way or another um and i just thought that he was so sweet and uh this is the first we're seeing of him not being like a, a total goofball and like faking weird accents and <laughs> being like kind of cringy. And so I actually I I like really fell in love with Andrew S. in this in this scene, in this moment. Yeah, I liked what he told her, too. I'm not sure how far he's going to go, but he I feel like would make a really good contender for paradise for sure and like who knows maybe a spot for the bachelor it's still early but um he seems really sweet they have a kiss everything's cool um he ends up getting the group date rose so he's automatically through to week three good for him and now it is time for the cocktail party so Um, so she gives her little speech at the beginning of the cocktail party. And once again, 
she initiates um, time with one of the guys, Daddio, as we will forever refer to him as. Um, <laughs> and she says, hey, can we go talk? Which normally at the cocktail parties, as soon as they come in, I mean, the people are like chomping at the bit to get to whoever the bachelor or bachelorette is. But she, like I said, she doesn't even give him a chance. She's just like, nope, I want to talk to him. Let's go. I love it. Yeah, so she takes him, they go to talk and she basically tells him, look, um, the reason you didn't get to be on any of the dates this week is because I feel such a strong connection with you. And I just felt like we didn't really need it. And so I just wanted to give you that reassurance. And his eyes are lighting up like a kid on Christmas. And he has like such, I love his energy. Like he's very expressive and um I will say he does get like a little too close to her face when they're talking and like I would be a little bit like okay like personal space like I don't want to like feel you breathing on me as we're talking but I do I do like his energy I think he's really cute I think he's like just he seems like a really genuine person and I hope that she doesn't ruin him she won't. She'll. It'll be fine. But I just hope that if he goes far, that it's it's like for real for him because he does have a kid at home, and that would be really hard to like be there for longer than he needed to be if she wasn't into him. So she's just giving him some reassurance. I thought their conversation was really cute. Um, I am definitely into into Michael. Um, not to be confused with Mike the Virgin, but Michael, aka Daddyo. Um. He gets an A plus in my book. I'm glad that she likes him. We'll see what happens. Um, so now she's talking with fucking Carl. And this is where shit gets annoying. It was already annoying. But now it's getting actually maddening at this point. Carl is basically trying to be a whistleblower, but also he's not really giving her any specific information. He's just saying, Oh, by the way, like there's like a lot of guys who aren't here for the right reasons. I just felt like you needed to know that. And she's like, well, what do you mean? Like who, like, can you, can you give me some examples? Well, I don't want to name any names. He's just like literally stirring the pot for no reason whatsoever. Just like, Oh, Carl, why? Um, I don't, (laughs) I don't know. I got to look it up. Bachelor horoscopes. I got to check it like out. they like to make shit up. That is not true. Well, <laughs> most, a lot of men like to do that in general. True. Um, so <laughs> I, first of all, I wrote down that like literally everything Carl is saying, it's almost like he's looking in a mirror. Like it's just the most classic case of deflection personified that I've ever seen. It's like he's saying that people aren't here for the right reasons and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, um, people being you like, are you are you trying to be the whistleblower before anyone else does it so that nobody can say it about you because you already did it? You know what I mean? Yeah, because clearly Carl's not there for the right fucking reasons. Please. Yeah, you're not fooling anyone, buddy. So then Kate is possessed by the spirit of Claire and she goes out to the guys <laughs> and she's like, if any, you know, she's like confronting them saying like, you know, someone said that, you know, there's multiple people here that aren't here for the right reasons and da, 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 da. And if that's the case, you can just fucking pack your back. You know, she's doing that whole thing that everyone does at some point in the dramatic. season. And she goes, anybody care to speak up? Like anybody care to say anything? And it's just like crickets nobody says anything and then finally Aaron aka um the long lost gosling son um (laughs) or maybe like an uncle I don't know anyway he he doesn't know what the fuck is going on but he decides to like pull her aside to like go talk to her I guess and while well, before, before after she left the room, they were like, what is she talking about? Who no, no, said no. what? It was it was it was after Aaron went to go talk to her. Oh, OK. Then all the guys are like, what the fuck is going on? Like they were all like confused. And finally, Carl, Carl outs himself and he's like, oh, well, I'm the one who said something. And all the guys are like, what the fuck is your problem? Like, why would you do that? 
And he just like won't give anyone a straight answer, won't give any reason. It's just like Oh no, then he start going, You know who you are. Do you do you wanna speak up as if somebody's gonna He's just like gaslighting everyone yeah. and like trying to get people to admit to shit that doesn't exist. It's it's infuriating to watch. And all of this bullshit basically gets to the point where we don't even get to see the rose ceremony because of this unnecessary fucking bullshit drama. I'm just like, oh, please, Katie, please go against whatever the producers are telling you and get rid of this guy. I really she should have put him on the spot. Said, well, you came here and you told me that you know that there are people that are not here for the right reasons. So, buddy, you're not leaving this chair or eating or drinking <laughs> for the remainder of the, your time here until you tell me what are you give me a specific. And if that doesn't work, we're going to waterboard you. And if that doesn't work. And then we're going to start cutting wait. off your fingers <laughs> one by one. And if that doesn't work, we're going to start pulling your veneers oh, out one by hey. one and make you eat them. And if and if he didn't, like, if you wouldn't tell her anything, I would grab his hands. Okay. Okay, guys, he just told me and repeat exactly what he said. What is he talking about? Out him to everybody. Okay, so here's what I think is going to happen. So we don't get to see the rose ceremony. We're left on a cliffhanger, whatever. Next week, I think something to that effect probably will happen. And she is probably going to send Carl home in like a dramatic way. I hope so. Unless he knows something that we don't. Maybe he heard something in the house. I just think I think and he's just don't a know pot, that he's he, just trying to stir the pot for no, no but fucking that could reason. Be two guys talking to each other and they said something and maybe he overheard and they have no idea he did. Yeah, maybe. I That's mean, possible. I I if if it's something like that and we're gonna get thrown for a loop, bravo to the producers for fully convincing me that Carl is just a piece of shit and he needs to go home. But anything can happen, really. Yeah. Um. So I mean. I have a feeling that maybe he does know something and he's just letting it build up for more dramatic outcome. I mean, he is, Carl is, is production's wet dream. There's always one person in every season who, who starts unnecessary drama, who will probably do whatever the fuck anyone tells them to do. And this season, that person happens to be Carl. So they are going to do whatever they can to convince Katie to keep him around as long as possible to keep the drama going. I'm sure of it. Yeah, you're right. But, well, we'll see if I'm right. We'll see next week. But, yeah, that was that was pretty much the episode. Um, Didn't we see – did they show, like, a blooper at the end? Or, like, a – um, a scene that wasn't shown in the show or was that the first week? I can't remember. I can't remember either. This is what happens when we wait too long to record the recap. But I was at the salon till like 1030 last night on Tuesday. Sorry, not last night. On Tuesday night when we normally would record. So we had to wait an extra day. But anyway, um, that's our recap for this week. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for listening. Happy Father's Day to oh, all yeah. the fathers Happy out there. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers, all the father figures, all the people who um, fathers aren't around anymore. Katie Thurston, Greg, I'm sorry about your dad, but I'm not sorry about you. Um, <laughs> that took a turn. Anyway, Happy Father's Day. And if you have a hard time with Father's Day, sorry about that. We see you. It can be a shitty day for people. Um, But for the ones that it's not, celebrate your dads. Have a great time. And we will talk to you next Friday. Adios, amigos. Bye.